Kane is in the building. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Three Pete Podcast. This is the 12th episode of the seventh season. And we got a special one lined up for you tonight. Uh, for this week's episode, I'm your host, Alex Castle. And as always, I have the pleasure of being joined by Josh Ramowitz, DJ Hummel, Steven Bonazzo. And we got a little treat for you folks tonight to kick off the uh, beginning of this episode. We're going to talk about the draft. We have a special guest on who really doesn't need much of an introduction. He's in the three-peat guest hall of fame with the amount of times he's been on. Uh, definitely a favorite for all of us to have on. And that man, like I said, no introduction, the license plate guy, Joe Ruback. Joe, thank you again for joining us tonight. As always, we appreciate and love having you on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I love it, man. Thanks for having me again. Like like I said, you're you're in the hall of fame at this point. So yeah. the, the I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so we're going to kick it off talking about the draft. And of course, we got to talk about how the G-Men did, how Big Blue did. Uh, a lot of press around their, their three first three picks within the first three rounds. I'm hyped about it. TJ's hyped about it. I know you are. So let's dive right into it. So uh, my, my question for you is, and, you know, leading up to this draft, we know that um, – Wide receiver was a huge need. We wanted to go after a wide receiver. It's a void that the Giants have needed to, to fill for some time now. Now, unfortunately, we did not have the opportunity uh, to get one of the big names that were, you know, being rumored in a lot of these mock drafts. We ended up getting, a, you know, great pick where we were. Um, but, you know, definitely would have been nice to have the uh, option to get the wide receiver. So my question for you is, if the Giants were in a position where we don't need to trade up, two out of the three receivers happen to be available and, and don't get picked in that, you know, three three back-to-back -back picks, who would you have liked the Giants uh, to have taken if we had the option to take a receiver? Would you have wanted us to take one of those guys or are you satisfied with, with us trading up to take banks? All right. So, so here's the deal in a nutshell, this, this draft, first of all, when you're at the draft, <clears throat> you know, you don't get all these scenarios, you know, that you get to see on TV or what's going on. So you're, re I'm really like in the dark kind of, and I'm just sitting there on my phone, like, all right, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. And sometimes, oh my God, he's left. I didn't know he was left. And then somebody trades and it just ruins everything you had. This draft actually brought me back to when, to Kadarius Tony draft. Because the Eagles jumped over, you know, to take Devonta Smith. And, you know, I really wanted Waddle. I really wanted, oh, who's the other one? It was Waddle and, and, and the big three, you know, and, and Smith and who else? The big was one. That, was that Chase? Or Chase, I think. It was Chase. So, so of, yeah, of course, the best one. So you, you take those three and they're gone. And the Giants really needed one of them. I was almost having the same feeling because I really wanted JSN. 
Okay. And I, I thought as the draft was playing out, I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be doable. They could do something here. They could do something here. But little do we know how much it actually costs, man, even to move up one spot. Now, I was tweeting away, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, I was telling Giant fans, look, I'm not a young, I'm not a spring chicken here. So I'm telling Giant fans, relax, guys, because 19 through 24 is going to rip your freaking heart out. And sure enough, there goes the run. And I couldn't believe it was happening in front of my eyes. But I am happy at the end of the day, the Giants just didn't give up everything to move up four spots, three spots. Now, with that said, I truly believe the Giants were taking banks no matter what. I really believe if JSN was on the board and I would at the town hall meeting, I think I'm just going to flat out ask Shane, dude, if the two were there, what were you going to do? But I really believe he was going to take Banks anyway. I did want Banks over Porter Jr. Um, so when it's all said and done, I think the Giants just did a marvelous job at the draft. Their guy was there. And then you know how I was so dead set on wide receiver as the draft was playing out. There was one point where I was like, you know what? I've changed. Give me that damn big-ass center. And sure enough, it just fell into place. So, Banks, you got the center, and then you got the wide receiver. And I swear to you guys, you could I could have walked out, and you could have all my other picks after that. It's as if you're a mind reader, Joe. <laughs> my next question was going to be, if you were on, if you were in that draft room, would you take Banks or would you take Joey Porter Jr.? As I know, you're you've got that little bit of Penn State bias, like yeah, I do. I do, I so, do. You know, that's it's it's actually a really good question. Um, and I am a Joey Porter Jr. fan. Obviously, having a connection to Penn State, um, I did follow him a little bit, but I too didn't know why he fell. He was supposed to go very early. Now, look, I don't claim to know everything about college athletes, but I did look at side by side leading up to the draft. Yo, yo, Banks is kind of like, take your head off. Joey Porter Jr. is not. And this is the NFL, guys. And I think the Giants went with the bigger guy, and I like it. I really do. And I... I so I, I think also I put out a tweet. I'm like, what's the deal with Joey Porter Jr.? And a lot of the following, a lot of the people were answering hands-on, touchy-feely, stuff that's not going to be let go in the pros. So maybe that had a lot to do with it. I don't know. I will admit, I, after watching a bunch of Penn State games over the past two years, he does get called for a lot of holdings. Yeah, there's a lot of smart football people out there and when I put out a tweet or whatever, hopefully they're they're following because then, or else my tweet will go into space. But, you know, a lot of people got back to me and said, this is why. And I'm like, all right, thank you. I didn't know. You kind of talked about him earlier, and I'm excited about him. Uh, John Michael Schmitz. Monster, I bro. Monster. 
Are you surprised he fell to us? And uh, what do you think? Do you think about his play style and the uh, dead ball snap technique? And I know <laughs> with it, he stuck with it through rookie camp, but who knows what it's gonna happen? What's gonna happen with that? But what do you think? Yeah. So so look, I was I really thought the Jets were gonna take him. Um. Uh, I really did. I thought the Jets. Me too. I was fully convinced that we were taking uh, him. I was, I was fully convinced as well. I think I thought and still think he's the best center in the draft. Um, am I surprised he was there? No. Because, guys, come on, man. We don't, we don't really know every team and what they're looking for. So, like, all right, the, the Colts are on the clock, you know, whoever. Like, are they going to take this great center? Or they they really need a cornerback? Or they really need a safety? Or they really need a running back? Whatever. Or they really need a wide receiver? So with that said, you know, it's like leading up to the draft where you put out a tweet like, oh, man, we're going to finally get a center. And then you get 50 tweets that'll be like, oh, shut up. You're not going to get a center at 25. Well, guess what? You know, you didn't get him at 25, but but you could have. That's how good he is. Um uh, I immediately started working on my on my jersey, uh, but I, I'm waiting for him to change to 60. Uh, now, with the dead ball snap, look, I played center. I played center and nose guard. So, you know, I hated that snap. I think it's a loose snap. I think you don't get enough pop when you hit the, the quarterback's hands. I don't think that they're going to continue with it. I do know that they stuck with it through camp uh you know the rookie mini camp um i think they'll change it up into his nfl style snap and that's that once his coach gets him into the swing of things that's what i believe truthfully i don't give a shit whatever daniel jones and schmidt's like that's the kind of snap i don't if he wants to snap with his left hand and it's comfortable and it's quick enough then do it hey, joe and then um just to and things off. Obviously, the Giants had the great draft, and then they shortly thereafter last week signed Dexter Lawrence that huge contract extension. Um, and that locked up a core member of uh the defense and just the team in general. But there's still one piece that needs to be figured out for I think this offseason to you know piece of cake. And that, that's Saquon Barkley. And piece obviously, of cake, bro. And I saw today that a report came out that one NFL agent said a rich contract for Saquon would be like eight to 9 million per year. Obviously Saquon was looking more upwards to the McCaffrey 16. Uh, clearly he's not going to get that number. Uh, so any updates with his, I know you're saying piece so, of cake, but uh, yeah, any updates? No, no, so I will tell you something funny. So, so I knew that Saquon was going to get signed at the bye week And I think I tweeted out like, you know, big day for Saquon. Here we go. Blah, blah, blah. And it didn't happen. I couldn't believe it. Like, I don't just put shit out in the air and then hopefully if it sticks, it sticks. Like, obviously I have, I have some people that I know. And the bottom line is he turned down, I don't know what it was, 12, 13, north of 13. And, uh, you know, see at the end of the year. His camp thought that was the right thing. He thought it was the right thing. And the Giants thought it was the right thing. And I do know that the Giants were not happy about it. And that's that. So fast forward running back situation blows up in Saquon's face. You saw a report today that said eight to nine, seven to eight, whatever you saw. I also saw Zeke Elliott 
with the with the Bucks. His old coach is saying, yeah, his old coach is saying, hey, homeboy, I got you covered for four mil a year. What you say? Zeke is probably like, excuse me? So that's not going to help Barkley. Now, look, I'm not comparing the two. I think Barkley's a better running back. I think Barkley's a all around better everything. I really do. I always, I always thought that. And Zeke, I thought, is, is really good. But four to five million compared to 13 or 14, Barkley's, I don't know what's going to happen. But even if Barkley signs a deal <clears throat> four years, 10 million, we're going to come back on here and say, holy shit, he got a lot of money. And Barkley's going to be like, holy shit, I didn't get what I wanted. Like, no, somebody's going to be upset. And this is a real, real difficult situation because Barkley is loved. And don't give me any crap about him being the, the mascot, you know, Will on Twitter and, and this and that. And the bottom line is the guy is a threat, a big time threat on the ground, in the air. He's just an all-around threat and a great guy to have on your team. I'm not saying give him $15 million because he's a rah-rah in the locker room. That's not what I'm saying. I just hope that they work it out and 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 maybe he gets maybe he gets a $9 million contract and 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 two or three more a year if he plays the whole season, if he rushes for a thousand, if he scores 25 touchdowns. I don't know what it is. But they're going to have to work it out because I really do think he's going to end his career as a giant. And I, I, I do give um, Shane a lot of credit for really standing his ground because obviously, you know, if you take a – like my brother is a giant fan who loves Saquon. Yeah, he would probably hand Saquon the $16 million, But Shane knows he has to build a roster, especially coming off the playoffs. So I, I, I really think him kind of standing the ground and not just because that's what the fans want because – I see, the, I see. Did he – did he stand his ground, giving him north of 13? Did he? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different ways to look at it. Like, standing your ground at 14 million when people were saying you better give him 11, 12. I don't know. None of us have the right answers, but man, I'm, I'm with you. I really hope, I really hope they, he's a weapon. Don't and he's a, and he's a leader among, among yes. all of that. Yeah, Josh. Yes. Don't let him go. He's a leader. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, hey, look, no pat myself on the back. I'm a good teacher. You know, I, I don't think my boss is going to say, look, we don't want you to go anywhere next year. We're going to up your salary by two million. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, hey, you don't want to you don't want me to go, do you? No, nah, you got to go. So, like, I don't I really don't know what they're going to do. I just don't want to lose a weapon. That's all. That's fair. At least at least you guys locked up uh, sexy Dexy, though. Yeah. So I'll break news here, by the way. Uh, I saw Dex, and uh, we're going to talk about maybe doing the softball game with him. The one at uh, Boulder Stadium? Yeah. I just spoke to him yesterday. You guys are the first to know. There we That's go. awesome. I'm not I'm not saying it's a done deal, uh, and we're a year away from it because it happens – it would happen next week. Um, but uh, if, he, if we work out the details, it's going to be the Dexter Lawrence Celebrity Softball Game. Let's hope that comes to fruition. We all hope so. And, you know, Dex, aside from his skill, he really just seems like a great guy. I'm so, so thrilled to have him back. So I really hope that does work out for you, Joe. Be great. Would be great. I try, you know, it's funny. I, I, I tried for it to be the, uh, 
Saquon Barkley celebrity softball game this year. <laughs> and I talked to Saquon like, <clears throat> I don't know, like five, six times. But it was very hard for him to commit, not knowing if he was going to be a giant. And guess what? He's not right now. So if I was going to have the game, he's in Arizona working out. He would have come up for it, but he would have been in Arizona. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that the way things worked out, although it would have been really nice to have Saquon Barkley celebrity softball game. That would have been awesome. But I think it it, sick. I, I think if it works out with Dexy, that's he for me, he's definitely become one of my favorites. And I think the fact that he was extended, he's He's growing on on a lot of Giants fans. I mean, a lot, a lot. You're right, Alex. He ain't going anywhere. He's a Giant for life. He said he wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. He's proven that he is going to be an All Pro every year. And who knows? One day, maybe he will be in the Hall of Fame. And and you know, we'll be celebrating his freaking uh, Hall of Fame jacket at the celebrity softball game. I love that. And he's got the tattoo of the logo. He's he's all locked in. He's all Correct. locked, which which is great. Um. But before we we say goodbye to you, Joe, you know, you you mentioned the softball game. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show with you that we all really admire is how charitable you are and all the different uh, events and the raffles that you have. So before we have you go, is there anything that you have upcoming that you want to let the fans know about that they can participate in? Now's the time to give them the heads up. Yeah. Hey, look, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, again, when you you know, you have a decent following and I built that up over many, many, many years. Um, I'm able to do all that, but, but I can't do any of that without you guys. I can't do anything unless Steven or TJ or anybody buys a raffle, you know? Um, but when I get free stuff, like I want to give free stuff away. Um, I, I don't, you know, I have, you know, like, what, am, what, what am I going to do with, you know, like, I don't, I'm not gonna, what am I gonna do with all them cleats? I gotta do something with them. So, you know, I do like that. I really appreciate you bringing that up, but I got nothing right now. I think once the uh, a schedule comes out, I think I'll do a couple of giveaways or raffles for sitting front row with me at one of these games. And, um, you know me, I'll come up with some creative stuff. We'll figure it out. All right. What game do you want to know? I'll give you one game. Jets, Giants. Jets, Giants, the leak came today, and it's correct. So that football on 9-11. No, that's not the leak. Week 8. Oh, you, you, guys, didn't see, you guys didn't see the leak today? Yeah. I, I did see that. It's October 20-something, right? Yep. 29th, I believe. That is, that's correct. Dallas home opener is correct. Now, Joe, um, would you have seen the Jets, Giants, 9-11? Or yeah, you... I, was, I was pro that. A yeah. lot of people weren't. I don't understand that. I don't know what like you can't get anything better than I'm the um was it I don't the, understand the 20, that 22nd anniversary 911 yeah. two New York teams going against yeah. each other Rodgers that's that was the only leak I saw but I I was busy all day so maybe that's Yeah why no I there were it. there were there were three games leaked and uh I would have given you any one but you guys chose the leaks one already so tough <laughs> Hey but it, it you confirmed it so that's all that matters Yeah no doubt and we're uh, we're all looking forward to the football season once the full schedule comes out tomorrow uh, for all of our teams. Really excited about what the Giants are going to do, and it's really going to be a great season ahead. But uh, Joe, we want to thank you again uh, for taking the time to come on. It's always a pleasure. We all have a great time talking to you, and maybe we'll uh, we'll have you on again when the season kicks off to talk Absolutely. big and all things football. Yo, should, I, should I raffle one of these bad boys up? 
Absolutely. I love yeah. that. Selling you, that. You, yeah, I had a blast at Kansas City, man. I must have drank 25 of these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have to raffle that off. I really do. Oh, man. But um, if that's uh, – I think that's everything. So, Joe, thank you again for taking the time. And uh, go Big Blue, and we'll we'll see you again soon. Yeah, anytime you guys want, hit me up again, and uh, I'll talk with you guys throughout the season. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you again. See you guys. Take care. Gentlemen, great, great section that we had with uh, with LPG. It's, it's always so, so fun to have him on. Uh, so much energy. Uh, like I said, he, he's got to be in the three-peat uh, guest Hall of Fame at this point. So thank you again, Joe. Uh, sure, we'll have him on at some point for the season. A lot to talk about with this upcoming season. But, you know, I, I could talk about the Giants all day here, but this isn't uh, talking Giants. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. Oh, we're not talking the Bears? Oh, well, you know, maybe, Stevie, I was going to segue to the Bears, but maybe I should segue to the Lions now and and all the moves they made. Or the Packers. Uh, the Packers have been active. The Packers. The Packers. How about the Vikings now with Jordan Addison? He supports a Wisconsin team, so, you know, I'm sure. That's funny. I'm actually busy right now. I got to go. We will get to the Bears, Stevie. Don't worry. We don't don't neglect the Chicago teams. But what I want to talk about now, and we'll shift this to Josh, um, is the Jets' first pick. Uh, They don't know much about the guy. I do know they selected a linebacker, which I guess does more of an more of an edge rusher than a linebacker, I believe. Okay, so edge rusher, which I do believe that does align um, with who their head coach is, Robert Sala, previous defensive coordinator for the Niners. Um, but I do know when we were talking leading up to this, Josh, that it was the lineman that that I think was really the the want with that first pick. So, what do you think was really what do you think really sold, um, you know, Douglas and Sala on taking this guy as opposed to trying to draft depth for the offensive line? Because we know your line has talent, but with the injury issues. So what do you think really inspired them to go defense with the first pick? So Stevie might have to help me out on the names here. I, I know the Jets were heavily targeting the Georgia linemen. Is that broderick jones oh yeah broderick jones so they were heavily targeting him but the issue was the patriots were picking right before us after the trade down with the packers and bill belichick knew the jets wanted him so he was able to trade down and trade with the steelers to select broderick jones because bill belichick loves to screw over the jets any way he can uh that was one of the reports i saw but they took will mcdonald and you know, I wasn't so thrilled at first, but he definitely fills a need. I wouldn't say edge rusher is a need, but he also does have the the uh, experience in college playing linebacker. He's a very skilled, strong guy, very quick, and it really just fits the mold of Robert Sala. I would have liked an O-lineman there, but... We addressed that need in the second round by taking the center, the uh, Joe Tipman, the uh, Wisconsin mullet, I believe is what they're calling him. Uh, Wisconsin waterfall. 
because of his mullet. That's what he's been getting called. Stevie, I'm sure you like that. Um, so, yeah, between him or the center that the Giants took, uh, either one of them, I think, would have been great for either of our teams. And I think both of us are happy with the guys we, we selected. Um, but it's more so the later rounds, which I'm actually shocked about. Um, I'm happy with how with taking the uh, the pit running back, Izzy. I can't even pronounce his last name. It's a long one, but the pit running back. He was a stud last year. 18 total touchdowns. Uh, kid out of Old Dominion, Zach Koontz, the six foot eight tight end who's a freak athlete. Basically broke combine records. I hope he could, he can crack the roster and produce. Because he's got a unique skill set, being six eight, two hundred, almost two seventy, basically built like Aaron Judge when you think about it. Um, so that that's exciting, but I mean, when you're talking Jets at the end of the day, you're talking about the trade that they made to get Aaron Rodgers, and that's really it. You acquired so many draft picks over the last couple of years between Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. That this is your time where these guys are the vets now, and you bring in Aaron Rodgers. It's okay that if your, your draft isn't going to be the uh, the prettiest draft of all of the teams in the league, you're ready to compete and win now, and that's the mode that the Jets are in right now. And something that I actually just thought of while you were giving that breakdown about their first pick, you also have to look at two, two out of the three quarterbacks that you're competing against two times a year you're looking at Tua who's a very shifty mobile guy and then you're looking at Allen who is a bigger guy but can run so then you get... also look at like Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence Justin Herbert AFC yep. is not just the AFC East but the entire AFC as a whole is very loaded with with uh quarterbacks so yeah you like as a lot of Jeff fans may not have been happy with the pick but when this guy is getting after the quarterbacks, and then you pair him with Jermaine Johnson, who was limited last year, Michael Clements, who was limited last year. Uh, it's essentially like their rookie year next year with how limited they played. You're going to be getting these young, talented guys after the quarterback. At the end of the day, you can never have too many pass rushers because with the way the Jets run their defense, they like to they like to rest guys. They like to give them breaks, and having a lot of depth is good and it's far from a problem so i do think it was a successful draft it wasn't the sexiest uh draft class that compared to the past two years but i think these are immediate impact guys that will help out our team for the long run i think it's going to be a bit hard for jets fans to um come up with a sexier draft class than what they did last year getting two. Yeah, they kind of set the uh <laughs> set the bar a little high with last year's draft class. Anything compared to that seems like it's a downgrade, unfortunately. Um, unless you're you're drafting the next Mahomes or someone of that caliber. Exactly. But I do like I do like that mentality with the Jets. I do like that they went defense. They did make up for getting the line in the other rounds. But like you said, it, the main talk um, is going to be Rogers and that's going to be, it, it's going to be a very fun season 
Um, you know, we've already seen the chemistry that he's developing with with the younger guys. And now that we know the matchup with uh, the Jets and Giants and, uh, you know, hopefully we they're going to get some other big primetime games. So a lot to look forward uh, to them with the Jets for sure. Um, so now Stevie is the time that will shift to your Bears. So want to know your thoughts on your first pick uh, with the 10th pick. You guys took offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Uh, this was the pick that you received. This was part of the DJ Moore trade. So, um, so we got pick nine and then we traded the Eagles down one spot. Uh, we got a fourth round pick next year and then the 10th overall pick. Right. So you guys who allowed the Eagles to take another Georgia defensive tackle. Well, they would have gone in many ways because the bears were never going to take Carter. So then he would have fell right into their laps at 10. So we got a fourth round pick out of it. Like I've said to you, Stevie, I didn't like the, the, when you trade a number one, I didn't like your draft at all. I don't know why you hate. It's not that (laughs) I hate. It's not that I hate Stevie. It's just, the Bears have so many holes on their team. And that's why when we traded the pick. When you trade down, picks, yes, it makes sense. But you should have traded the number one pick on draft day and acquired more assets. Jalen Carter would have been an immediate impact player, which you needed. Your defense is. Darnell right protecting fields isn't? I mean, I wouldn't say. I mean, your O-line is crap, but I think that you could have gotten someone else. So we, because look at look at the Bills, the Eagles and stuff. The Eagles, now granted their defense is sick because they keep drafting the same position so they can rotate guys and signing these guys. But if Josh Allen, because that defense has been pretty, I mean, now they're losing guys, but that defense was like that for a couple of years there. If Josh Allen didn't take that next step, the Bills wouldn't be thought of a contender like they are. If he was like an average guy, if they didn't get him digs, if he wasn't surrounded with a decent O-line, and he didn't take that next step, no one you wouldn't be scared of the Bills. But you are because Josh Allen is an MVP-type guy, you know, and he can elevate a team. Jalen Hurts now with the Eagles. Obviously, their defense has always been good. But their quarterback play, especially when Wentz went down and then, you know, Foles besides his little playoff magic, like, he, like, they're not as scary. But because Hurts, and with the addition of A.J. Brown and that nasty O-line, now with Hurts taking that next step, that MVP-type step, now their Eagles are, like, legit contenders. And really, like, t- like so the biggest thing was all season last year when Foles took over last offseason and he really didn't do too much to help fields out oh what is he doing not helping fields out not getting him weapons protection this year he does that and there's people still complaining that he didn't take Jalen carter and i know carter would be the perfect fit in ibu fusa system but if there's concerns with him with his personality his love for football and legally and he's a bust the eagles are the team that can take him because if he doesn't work out well, one, they got lucky that they got that pick from the Saints and they sucked. And two, they have so many other guys and they're contenders. The Bears need their pick their pick to work out. And Darnell Wright was, from what the tape shows and the stats show, was probably 
and he played in the SEC. He didn't play in the American Conference, the ACC. This dude played in the SEC. He locked down Will Anderson, or who was the highest pass rusher just drafted. The Texans traded up however many spots back to the top three picks to get him. He's a dog, and and Darnell Wright locked him down. So now, before the draft, all right, you signed Nate Davis. Jenkins is solid. Um, Braxton Jones they like a lot, but he still has some work to do. But now you had Darnell Wright, Nate Davis. Say if you put Cody Whitehair, our most reliable lineman, who back when he was playing at a Pro Bowl level was at center. Then you got Tevin Jenkins and then Braxton Jones. And you got a lot of nasty guys. And that's a much better O-line than last year with Sam Mustafer and Larry Borum, Riley Reef at tackle. So for me, if Jalen Carter, he's too much of a risk. He's too much. And I just saw something right now that 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 um accident that happened that unfortunately killed his teammate and the trainer or recruiter. Now, like supposedly the family of them, like they're like trying to, I don't know, sue them. I don't know the exact details, so I don't want to like make up anything. But I saw that they're still trying to go after Carter. So, especially this being Ryan Poles' first first over like first round selection, you need to nail it. And when you when you target your guy, so clearly the Giants guy was Deontay Banks, like Joe Shane said. He believed the Giants were going to take Banks no matter what, and like that's why he wants to ask Shane. If JSN was there, would he take JSN or would um or would he take Banks? When you find your guy, you take him. Look at the I mean, I know it's a movie. Look at draft day. Kevin Costner, you know, he he had his guy the whole time, no matter what. So if you find your guy, and also with Jalen Carter, look at a guy like Pete Carroll. The Seahawks could use him. And if a guy like Pete Carroll is passing up. On a talent like Carter, the Raiders, the Raiders took an edge with a foot problem. You know, Tyree Wilson, huge, you know, but he had that foot issue. So there was con- injury concerns. And they, they took Tyree Wilson instead. There was other, the Lions, the Lions traded out. They could have had Hutchinson on the edge and then Carter right in the interior. That would have been disgusting. And they, they chose to trade out and then draft a running back. So to me, like, I don't know why the Bears are getting crap for it because I know we could use him. That's why he got the O-lineman, the stud O-lineman, and then that's why in the second round he used the picks on those guys who actually don't have problems. They're they're coachable. Not that I'm not saying Carter isn't coachable, but they don't really have some of these problems regarding them like Carter has. Um, he, he was just too much of a risk. A team like the Eagles can afford to take that risk. They pretty much got half his team with him to try to like really straighten him out. They have a guys like Fletcher Cox. The bears don't have that. You know, the coaches are pretty tough, but the coaches can't get out of it. You know, then he can't have him be a bust. And then that's a waste of a first round pick. Darnell Wright. They had a private training. They really worked him to the point where most people would quit and supposedly Wright excelled at it. And that's really what was, you know, why they said, you know what? He's our guy. So I love it. He got fields a wide receiver one. And not just like because DJ Moore had one. I mean, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, that stat the NFL posted on their accounts has a fifth most receiving yards in his first five years or however many years. Um, and he trails behind Mike Evans. I think it's like Julio Jones, 
Randy Moss, maybe like like legit guys. But he went under. No one talked about him because he played in Carolina with no QBs. He actually upgraded the line now. So this year, everyone said you got to build around Fields, especially if he's your guy, and that's what Pulse did. And then he stole short up the defense by taking those two defensive linemen. Now, were those two the ones I thought they would take? No, but I'm not a scout. You know, I don't watch. I love watching college football, but at the end of the day, like some guys produce in college and then don't produce in the NFL. Some guys don't produce in college, but then with the right coaching, do well in the NFL. Some guys are just legit dogs and they play in college gymnasty like Jalen Ramsey and then the NFL, like eases right in, no problem. Jamar Chase, no problem. Jefferson, no problem. So you don't know. Um, Really, the draft that you're taking a gamble with every pick. Now, usually with the high picks, those guys should hit on, but not every guy's going to hit on. So overall, I love the draft and then getting a guy like Roshan Johnson, who I think might have been actually like besides like my favorite pick um, because we lost Montgomery. You know, I mean, he was good. Love great locker room guy. But, we, you know, I don't want to spend $6 million on a running back. We have Herbert. You know, they signed Deontay Foreman for like one year for like three mil. And then, yeah. And then, and then take the. Now, this guy, a lot of people said would have been a higher pick, but he was a backup to Bijan Robinson, who went eighth, eighth overall to the Falcons. You know, so if, if you're, it's not, I mean, Bijan on any teams, he's going to start right away for the Falcons. Like, no, no one was going to beat him out. So, but that's a good thing too for the Bears because. Bijan's got all the mileage on him. He's got all the wear and tear coming into the league. Roshan's going to be pretty fresh. Uh, and he, he's a big, fast runner. Um, you know, and he's not the quickest, but like his game tape plays a lot faster than what he probably ran for his 40, but he's physical, breaks a lot of tackles. And everyone's saying he's a fantastic, like Bijan said, he's probably his favorite teammate ever. Um, all his coaches, past coaches, and now some of the Bears coaches are saying he just like, He's a right. He's a great leader and a great guy to have in the locker room. So, I think I really think Poles for his first. Uh, well, last year was his first draft, but like, really with all the picks he's accumulated and stuff, I think he nailed it. Obviously, we don't know until the season starts. Um, but I really think this off season as a whole, you're not going to fix the Bears team that finished worse in the league in one off season. But I think that you are really going to take a huge jump. Um, Injuries aside and all that aside, but I think another year with the coaches, the amount of talent brought in, I think he did a great job of not just because you have all that money, just spending it all just because you had it. He shored up certain positions like the linebacker spot, a line spot, um, you know, then some death positions, the draft I thought he, you know, so I really thought he played it well. And then I'm looking forward to just building on, you know, now next year we got two first round picks. Hopefully we can take that step and then have two first-round picks. And then I'm sure he's going to trade more to get more picks. Um, so I'm just – I'm excited. I'm excited for Chase Claypool a whole year. So I really think um, that this offseason was a success from on paper. And that's that's enough for me now. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love the energy, though, Stevie. And, you know, I don't know too, too much um, about college – don't know everything about every prospect, but what I will say 
the two things I'll say about the Bears, and then we'll move on with with their first round picks specifically. One, I do think it was good move going with with lot with the line. You know, Fields, uh, he he's your quarterback, very mobile guy, so you'll want to do whatever you can to protect that. So I do think that was a good, um, good pick for Chicago, and well. I, I blanked out on the other. Well, team. then, um, and then like, uh, look at uh, like from it's like, look at the jets, like look at the run on tackles, the Cardinals straight up to take Paris Johnson. And then obviously we took Darnell, right. Uh, and then the Steelers moved up to take Jones. Like those are the three top tackles. Um, so like there was a run on tackles and if we didn't get right, who knows when we wouldn't have been able to draft a, a tackle if, you know, I mean, I, and I don't want to, the guy like the Falcons got that Matthew Bergeron, like I'm sure he might be pretty solid in this league, but Donald Wright has like Pro Bowl written all over him. That's who I want. I want I want an Andrew Thomas. You know, that like isn't having an Andrew Thomas nice. Especially when originally at least for me, I was very impatient with him and I was ready to write him off. But absolutely, and that and that's the thing you have to consider with linemen is they and, and you know, right, maybe a different case. I don't know. I just remembered the other thing I was going to the other point I was going to make was number two. Um, I like the potential with him because I liked uh, and this might be a little biased, um, but I liked the uh, the talent that came out of Tennessee this year. So um, optimistic about that. But, yeah, I mean. I think uh, the Bears have a lot to look forward to. Uh, you know, definitely going to have to be a little bit of a patience thing um, with Wright being on the line. Um, but from what you're telling me with the private workouts, you guys worked him out really hard and you've established his limits, what he can, you know, what he can do to go above. Uh, so that's great. And we'll be looking forward to uh, – to see what what those boys in Chicago will be able to do, um, but moving on from that, um, getting more general here, I want to talk to you guys before we move on. Um, I was going to ask about you know general. Uh, oh, what do you guys think was the sleeper or something like that? But I, I, th- this came to mind, and I want to see what you guys think. So this that story that came out. Um, about that lineman who was interviewing with the, with the Falcons and uh, Arthur Smith, is that the head coach's name was just saying, Oh, this guy's boring. Your answers are so boring. Now I don't think they would have taken him um, with the eighth pick. I think Robinson was the appropriate pick, uh, but I just, and, and this is open to, to anyone. I want to know what you guys think about, basing or have forming a big opinion on a draft prospect based off of answers that he gives in an interview. And I think this was kind of um, a little bit of the issue with, with Will Levis too, from what I heard, like some of his answers with pressers weren't uh, too appealing to people. So I'll leave this open to anyone, but what do you guys think about um, how these teams judge prospects uh, or invest a lot based off of the answers that they give that might not be so appealing. 
Well, I mean, I guess it'll kind of, it was kind of like a job interview. Like you may be really qualified for the job, but like, say if you're not the best interviewer, interviewee, like sometimes that can sway the company's decision on hiring you or not. And it's kind of the same thing. Like these guys are trying to get hired by these teams. So Skaronsky on tape was one of the best tackles. And then he was another one that went on the board right after the bears. Um, you know, he was like one, you know, obviously teams saw him more of a, as a guard because of his short arms, but just because he may not maybe be super enthusiastic, like I don't know what his personality is like, but maybe because he's not like maybe super talkative or whatever Arthur Smith didn't like, doesn't mean he's not a good football player. Um, or Will Levis, you know, whatever Will Levis did, I don't know, because he puts mayo in his coffee or he does maybe some other kind of weird he things that the whole banana peel and all that oh, was yeah story too <laughs> you know um and him the tape didn't equal as much as like the hype around him um i mean he's a connecticut guy and obviously i've been following him since penn state knowing that he was a connecticut guy and his videos of him throwing like without any like just throwing to a receiver on on air I mean, his arm is ridiculous, ridiculous, and like obviously he's very mobile. Like he has some crazy plays in college, but sometimes the decisions or what have you weren't the greatest. Um, so I could see with him, but yeah, I I don't know. I think I think sometimes teams rely too much on other things. And granted, I don't work for an NFL team, so I don't know what they're how they really truly go about with a prospect. But I think like the Lions say, really, like, the tape should be a big part of this the draft process. I agree. Um, my big thing, going off of Stevie's point, when you heard the reports about Bryce Young having small hands or C.J. Stroud being towards the bottom in the, on the Wonderlick test, like, I don't really understand how that will impact his ability to their abilities to be a good quarterback like cj stroud being undersized we've seen small quarterbacks become elite uh quarterbacks in the nfl look at drew Brees. look at russell wilson um look at michael vick when he was dominating the league for a few years um there have been plenty of players who've bombed the wonderlick or and have had successful careers or that there have been plenty of players who do so well on it, but you never hear about them ever since then. It, I think that like stuff like that is kind of irrelevant. It really should just matter on how can they throw the football? Can they move? Can they, how do they handle pressure, different defenses, all of that. I think all the other outside stuff is kind of just extra garbage. That's kind of what I was going to say too. Like it should really matter. Like, what their tape looks like, what you think of them on the field, like their coachability, how they play, and like all the <clears throat> what really what really matters. Now that you can hear me, what really matters is like like on the field stuff. Like who cares if they give you a boring answer? Who cares if their haircut is out of style? Who cares if they put like like Stevie said, Will Levis putting mayonnaise in his in his coffee? Like who cares? Like that shouldn't matter. What matters is if they're gonna help you win football games, win championships, win playoff games, take you 
take you to where you want to be as a coach, as a GM, and so on and so forth. Like all the like like all you guys said, like the outside stuff shouldn't matter. And yeah. it really shouldn't matter at all. And I like your point. Like, and obviously, like it's important, like uh TJ, like you said, to be coachable and um and I'm sure a lot of these guys are, you know. But yeah, like Skronsky with uh, like the boring answer, and that 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 shouldn't have even came out anyways. Like, I don't know why people wanna like talk bad about like all right, you don't like his answers, then that's fine. Not I'm sure people maybe didn't like your questions, you know, but you don't see him saying that. Like these kids, like these are kids, you know, like they're they're young adults trying to get into the league. Like, why are you going to um you know almost like hate on them because you didn't like the answer he gave? Then whatever. Clearly you weren't gonna take him anyways. Seems like the Falcons were pretty set on Bijan anyway. So like you didn't take him. He's not your player. Don't you know? So um and obviously like he wasn't my first choice for the Bears. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't think he's a good player or a good person or anything. And not that Arthur Smith said he's not a good person, but you know, some guys just have like most like I said, really the tape should do a lot of the talking. And then obviously you want them to be off the field like a good teammate and good person. You know, you don't want them like obviously in you know getting in trouble or you know, if they help out in the community, that's always a plus. And yeah, those things matter too. But at the end of the day, you're you're a football team, a business that's trying to win games. And if he can help you win games, then that's really what matters. Not if he could give a good answer or not. Look at Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I mean, he he gave us memorable answers, but they weren't they weren't good answers. But his his play did the talking. So um so that's my that's my uh, little take on it. But I do like the question though, Castle, because I think it is um it's starting that like something that I'm starting to get more into now that I'm like each year I get more into the, I mean, I've been into the draft now for a while, but like each year as I really truly get more into the draft and understand the whole draft process and stuff. And I think it's important like to see all aspects of it, not just draft night when they call out the name and whether it helps the team or not. Like, I mean, the draft process is, there's a lot that goes into it. So on both ends, the players and then the, the front office and coaches. And and that's exactly why I asked it, because when I saw the story, it was a different side of draft of the draft day experience that I've seen. And it's not something that we really talk about a lot when we have these draft episodes. So uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we, uh, that was good. Like I said, I was like, ah, do I want to ask about the diamond in the rough draft pick? But threw threw a curveball at you guys, and we're not even talking baseball. So before we uh, wrap up the show, we will touch on uh, hoops a little bit because we are uh, in the midst of the playoffs. Uh, the awards have been announced. We'll get into the awards next episode, but um, we'll just go around the horn quickly here and. Uh, talk a little playoffs. So um, we'll start off with you, TJ. Uh, Boston is on the brink uh, of elimination. Um, I did not watch the last game. I looked at the stats of last game. Uh, not pretty. Uh, the game before um, in Philly that went into overtime was a crazy game. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this was a team that was in the finals last year that arguably – has one of the best one-two 
punches in all of basketball. So aside from Tatum getting his act together, because I've not been super impressed with, with him so far this series, what is another key for Boston to come back and, and take this next game to tie up the series? I, I think the main thing, and I think this statement will cover all of it, is play like the better team that they are. They're a better. I, I personally think they're better coached. Coaching decisions, however, have been questionable. Um, but overall, like they have the experience. They've been there before. I think. I think it's going to go seven. Or at least I'm hopeful it's going seven. Um, but I think overall they just have to play like the team that they are, and that's. And that's a good. That's that's the good team, and that's the team that they came into the playoffs as. What's going on with the roster? I don't know. Guys have been stepping up. Al Horford's been playing well. I I just wish they they get back to Celtics basketball and not just chuck up threes just for the hell of it. I know they can shoot. We all know they can shoot, but. Oftentimes, it just looks like they're just aimlessly shooting, just hoping for something to go in. And I know Twitter reacts about it. I react about it watching the games. It's just something that needs to be fixed. It's sloppy basketball. They're turning the ball over semi-consistently, a little more consistently recently. And I've preached about that before, so I'm not going to – I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on about that again. But I uh I th- I think I think they're gonna go seven. They're gonna give them a good game in Philly, bring it back to Boston, and we'll go from there. I like it. Play like the team that we are. Like we said last year, NBA finals, one two punch, they got it. They do have a coach who's a little bit inexperienced, but Look at what he's done with uh, the position he had to take. Uh, so the potential's there, and I think this next game in Philly is it's going to be a fun one. Um, so we'll we'll pop over to the West quickly um, as the second game tonight. Right now, my Knicks are playing the Heat. Um, we're in the second quarter of that game, but then the night game, we got the Lakers and the Warriors, and. I really wanted the Kings to advance, uh, but but you, you you can't you can't stop Steph. I mean that's what it comes down to. But right now the the Warriors are in a tough spot. They're down three one to LeBron in the unibrow, which I really did not expect. Um, I thought there would be a little more competition, but. The Lakers have just had their their moments. I was it last game that Lonnie Walker dropped what was it fifteen in the fourth quarter. Happy for him because he's uh I think he's a Miami guy. Went to went to the University of Miami, so I was happy about that. I remember when he had his crazy hairdo with the Spurs, and now he's just clean Lonnie Walker. Um, but this is big for the Lakers. So, Josh, what what does Golden State need to do to pick up pick the pick the momentum back up. I mean, you know, we we know them. They they got they got Looney, who's who is their big man. He was sick. I think what was it last game or two games ago. Uh, so so that definitely hurt. But 
what do they got to do to get back into this rhythm? Because this is a, you know, this is a team we know can, is capable of making it all the way. And at least I thought this series would be a lot more neck and neck. So what, what does Kerr got to do to, to turn the ship around? Well, first things first, I think Steve Kerr's got to start Kevon Looney again because you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage keeping Looney on the bench. And I get you're giving up something, but uh, but you can't be allowing Anthony Davis to have easy access to get his, to get offensive rebounds and continuing to give the late the Lakers extra possessions. That's the first thing. But I don't really know at, other than that. I just don't think that the, this Warriors roster is constructed properly. I think that they're cooked, and I think their season's over, and they need to take a deep dive onto their roster. And yes, they did win a championship last year, but they don't have height to match up with Anthony Davis. I don't think Kevon Looney is is that guy to be able to stop Anthony Davis from having these 30-point, almost 20-rebound games because let's say they do advance, chances are they're going to be facing Nikola Jokic, and he's going to have a field day uh, regardless of who he plays. So... I, I think they need to do a little deep dive in the offseason with uh, their roster. But for the guys that they currently have, they they need more than Steph and Clay to show up. Andrew Wiggins has been here and there, but Jordan Poole got paid in the offseason, and all he's doing in this playoffs is, in this series, I mean, is average eight points and shoot 30% from the fields. That That's horrible. It's role player numbers, and Jordan Poole is getting paid 23, 24 mil a year. He's expected to show up in the playoffs. We saw it last year, and he was even starting games this year. But now, this series, he is just unplayable at times. He can't defend. He's chucking up horrible shots. He he really shouldn't be getting more than 10 minutes this series with the way he's been playing. So that makes Steph Curry's life a lot harder because he's expected to play upwards to four of 40 minutes now if Jordan Poole can't help relieve some of the those minutes um I like that the Warriors put in like have been changing up their lineup putting in uh Gary Payton the second even Jermichael Green at times but I really think that the best lineup for them is Curry Clay Wiggins Draymond and Looney that's the same five that they've been rocking with all year that was the same five that won them the championship last year and then you have guys like Dante DiVincenzo, uh, Kaminga if he's healthy, uh, Gary Payton. You could bring him off the bench. Jamichael Green played solid. Uh, he played solid uh, in in a start, so I think you could keep him off the bench to relieve uh, Kevon Looney to so you don't go fully small ball with Draymond at the five. But yeah, I mean. It's tough to to shut down Anthony Davis, but they need to do a much better job at limiting limiting Anthony Davis on the glass because he's making it way too easy. And yeah, he's had his stretches of of inconsistent games, but his inconsistent games, he's still averaging, he's still getting 15 rebounds. So they need to be able to limit those extra possessions for the Lakers, and that's their that's the first goal. Just a quick follow-up. Do you think there's any regret 
with trading Wiseman now looking at this issue with, with height. I mean, in hindsight, you could say obviously, but to be honest, Wiseman was not playing this as well as he did in Detroit as he was with Golden State. So I don't think that has anything to do with the Warriors right now. I think an interesting I think an interesting point for them to look at in the offseason might be the potentially of moving Andrew Wiggins and or Jordan Poole for someone like a DeAndre who we've seen is frustrated in his role in Phoenix and they're frustrated with him. And I'm not saying he is the solution, but I think that's a big body that might be able to find new life in a new home. Not saying that's going to happen, but I think that that's a cool little hypothetical that should be uh, looked at at least. No, I no, I like that. I like that a lot. And Stevie, uh, can, I, can I make a statement? The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. Do we want to hear the statement or no? Hey, it, it, it's a little controversial. So I mean, you're going to say it anyway. So I'm going to say it anyways. So you're not stopping me. I I have not enjoyed these NBA playoffs at all. I, the NHL playoffs. Okay, been, I so, yeah, you're you're gonna be muted now. That no, was no, no, the, no, 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 that no, was no. the worst take I've ever heard. How it it is just filled with drama. Everyone's just complaining. Not even the players, but like the the poor Knicks. When the Knicks were winning against Cleveland, the Cleveland fans were complaining, and then the refs were kind of like fixing the game. But then the Knicks were just so much better than the Cavs that they beat them. And then this series, the refs are just handing the heat. The series, in my opinion. Um, and then these other series, I don't know. I'm just seeing like so many, just like this, I don't know. So much drama. At least the NHL is just like legit. The teams are playing hard and TJ, I'm sure you back me up on it. Like you're saying when James Harden and Mark hit the corner three in Philly with 15 seconds left and Marcus smart dries up the court and Celtics don't call a timeout potentially hits the game winner in overtime, that's not good for the sport. That's exciting, but that's one game. But that there's moments like that in every single series. You are but just I, I, I'm just seeing I'm seeing too I'm seeing the refs have too much power in these Which playoffs. is a, it is it a, it's a problem that we've that we've talked about and it needs to be addressed. Don't get me wrong. But they're really shifting a lot of these series, I feel like. And I just I really I have a hard time really like watching these series consistently because the NHL, I can tune in and it's just the guys are like out competing. Like, like it's like each game is can kind of go either way. You don't know. Um, like the Kraken in the Dallas series, you know, like the Kraken upset the Avalanche. Now, granted, I was talking to my buddy Trevor, who's a big Avalanche fan. He was like, the injuries, you know, her and stuff. But that now this series, Kraken went up 1-0, then Dallas came back, and Kraken won the other one, then Dallas came back. Um, the Devils won. Seems like Carolina's a little too powerful, but look at Florida. Sorry, TJ, but, you know, they withstood Boston, and now they're up 3-0 against Toronto. Um, I, I really did not mean to do you dirty there. I really didn't. I just, like, but, you know. We established ex- to avoid talking playoff hockey, and you fucking did it. I can you just make the worst take possible. This is the first time in a, in a very long time, Steve, that we that the basketball playoffs have been unpredict- unpredictable. Right or wrong. Just maybe there's 
Maybe they're like, before the playoffs started. Okay, they've been unpredictable because obviously a lot of high seeds have lost. But doesn't mean that because a high seed high seed loses doesn't mean that it's like good. I I don't know. I really have not. I just feel like like in past years, teams have won because they won. They were better. They were whatever. They played harder. This year, it just seems like it's just filled with so much drama. The refs control and I don't know. I don't feel like it's just natural basketball being played. I I really don't. And that's why I said it was controversial. I mean, if you want to talk refs, we can also the same can be said about the NHL playoffs this year. Not just for my team, not just for the Rangers, but like overall, the officiating has been awful. That needs to be addressed too. But like, well, I guess I don't. I, I think it really, it really is an all sports problem. It's not. It's not basketball. It's not hockey. It's not football. It's not baseball. It's an all sport problem. Which is why I think your take is ridiculous because if you're pointing to one sport having like a ref problem, but not another, that's not fair because the basketball playoffs, yes, there's a lot of drama. The whole Jokic situation was bogus, but like you look at what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are doing. You look at what Joel Embiid, who just won his MVP, is doing. You look at what Jimmy Butler is doing. You look at how LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing like. You look at the final eight teams that we have, aside from the Knicks, no offense, Castle, like the, there are superstars that are playing like superstars. And it is great for the game. And if you were to look at the beginning of the postseason, chances are your final prediction would not include the teams that are still playing right now. No, I, I picked the Bucs, and the Bucs are out. Most people would have picked the Bucs, and most people probably would have picked um, – I, I really picked the I picked Bucks uh, Clippers. Picked... <laughs> Clippers, <laughs> Clippers or Suns probably out west. Suns might be going home next game. The Bucks are gone. Celtics are now the I I thought were the next favorite in the East. They might be eliminated next game in Philly. I think this is the first time in a long time that it's been unpredictable. And each day it seems like my predictions are changing. And I think it's great for the sport and for fans who enjoy playoff basketball. I, I well, I, I guess what, like what I'm trying to say is not that the games are not exciting because they are because it's playoffs and there are have been upsets and like I just feel like after each game there's always like like a storyline but not a good storyline. It's always some sort of like oh like this happened in this game. That's why this team like. But like, there's like complaints, you know, but not like normal complaints. Like, look at look at hockey as well, though. Like, you you can't be saying that only about one sport. You look at hockey and you see like, oh, someone complained that there that there was a a major penalty given, but like, I I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head, but like, because like, there's really no clear. No, they're I like, I, I I guess for me, like the Rangers losing. Because the Devils wanted it more. The Rangers were clearly the more talented team. I don't think the officials really botched it. I think the Rangers just, some of them were hurt. Look at, and I, I, honestly, and I could say the same in basketball. Like, you said, like, oh, there's drama, like, regarding, like, bad calls in playoffs. But, like, the Knicks beat the Cavs because they wanted it more. Like, the way they beat the Cavs was because they out-hustled. And now the Heat, who are the eighth seed, are most likely going to beat the Knicks because they want it more. 
You have Jimmy Butler. You have Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, who are just diving for loose balls more. They're the one, first ones getting to the ground, and you don't see Julius Randle hustling after a missed shot. No, and, and, shout out to Kevin Love. I'm sorry, you had to say it, but Kevin Love has been doing his thing in the series too. Just had to in, say that as an in the Knicks defense, though, um, it's tough though when the refs are like like Jimmy Butler, and I love Jimmy Butler, but when he like barely gets touched, or the when like um yeah he barely gets touched, and then he's getting called for, like every foul is going his way, or when Cal Lowry freaking elbows Josh Hart's um face, and then. Josh Hart gets called for the foul. Um, it's hard. It, when... It's annoying, yes, but realistically, and you put it into like a wide picture, like that is only. I know it's a lot, but that's only two possessions realistically in an entire game. But it, which... well, it happens throughout the. Uh, I'm, duration, I'm aware, you know? but at some point, it really does add up, and it goes both ways. Like you saw uh, in the Nick game, in that same game. Um, play was they called an out of like an out of bounds play where the heat were ready to go take the ball but they gave it to the knicks like bad calls happen both ways and at some point it does balance it out whether it's in that same game or next game whatever like it, it balances out at some point and i know in the moment it looks bad and it's like oh my god this is the worst call i've ever seen next possession oh my god that's the worst call i've ever seen but like eventually like Jalen Brunson might flop and get a charge called and that'll help him. Like literally just now, like he elbowed Gabe Vincent on a drive that he's going to the line shooting free throws. Like it balances out at some point, but I agree that there's an officiating problem among all sports, not just one, not just two, all sports. Is it our robots? The solution? I don't know. Maybe that could be something that's looked at, but to say that the basketball playoffs specifically have been terrible because of the officiating, I think is a horrible take. I I just remember like watching like Heat Thunder when Katie and Westbrook went on the Thunder and Harden, and then he had their big three, or the uh Cavs Warriors, like those playoffs and series were legit like battles. Now I'm just saying. Now I'm just not getting the same kind of vibe when I'm watching, or the t- you know, it, I'm just not getting the same vibe. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying I haven't really been enjoying them this year, and I really have been enjoying Danny Chill a lot more because I feel like Danny Chill is really like teams are like grinding it out. Not that NBA teams aren't, but I feel like there's like I said, I don't know. I just feel like there's a whole lot of drama that came in with NBA playoffs and that's like, you know, still kind of happening and, um, and yeah, whatnot. So I don't know. That's I, I, maybe everyone will hate my take, but I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get it out there. I had to get it off my chest. Um, cause I'm trying to watch it, but it's, it's tough to stay, uh, in tuned with it. No, I, I liked that take Stevie. I liked it because, it brought a little spice to the end of the episode. Whether I agree with it or not, we'll have to uh, elaborate. You, Castle, you got to agree with it. I mean, they are screwing your Knicks over. The player that wears number 30 on the Knicks is screwing the Knicks over. And that's that's, the, See, that's the thing. Like, if you're, like, as much as I'm upset that the Nets lost, 
or as much as I'm upset that the Rangers lost, and as we're talking right now, now Jalen Brunson's getting technical shots. Like, there's no way you can, like, blame officials for your team losing four games in a series. One game, sure, fine. Like, it's it sounds ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but to why? blame four games that officials caused you to lose when you could point to Julius Randle not hustling, R.J. Barrett going four for 19 shooting, when you could point to getting out-rebounded by 15 on the glass or your turnovers. or There's so many factors. But what I hate, too, is the Knicks. So, you know, game one, the Knicks were up, and then they, they lost it. Um, then he beat them. All right. I thought it was a fair game. The game two, the Knicks straight up beat the Heat. But then the fans were complaining so much, legit, like crying. And then I just felt like there was a shift. Like the refs, like almost like, like, oh God, these like fans, like, like I didn't seem like it was the same like calls from the first two games. And then those next couple of games, the refs were calling the way they wanted to call. And that's why I felt like it, you know, swayed in that favor. And I feel like, um, I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of been like that some of the other series and so i don't know that's what that's what i'll just leave it at that um and yeah i you know who knows maybe maybe people are thinking i'm an idiot which i am but i as, just as tj likes to say it's a spicy take it is a spicy take and we like and we like uh we like that back and forth type of vibe the first take vibes of the the blasphemy and we we, we love it stevie we Stevie gets to be our Steve and I. He's filled with bad takes, so it, it makes the show better. We we accept we accept your madness, Stevie, and um, I do appreciate you coming to uh, to the defense of the Knicks a little bit. It it, it uh, maybe some of the plays have been questionable, but at the end of the day, like I said, and and this will be the last statement. Their biggest problem is the player who wears number thirty on their team. That's fair. And we- and with that being said, this concludes another episode of the 3P Podcast. We want to thank LPG for coming on and taking the time to talk to us. One of our favorite guests definitely will be returning for the regular season. Uh, so shout out, Joe. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, we want to give a shout out to TJ for his work in the trenches with social media. Definitely go follow the posts uh, pages like the posts, uh, you know, show us some love on, on the gram. We want to thank, uh, Liberty shirt co, uh, our, our favorite, our favorite sponsor. Uh, they're, they're making all the guys Fox sports across the world of sports looking great. Uh, I'll continue the, the running joke. Maybe one day they'll, uh, send Stevie a shirt, uh, for, for his interview. He's got, I, the- I did have an interview today, but I didn't have the shirt. So was, I don't know. You got the clean shave look, Stevie. So half the puzzles there. You'll you'll get the other the other pieces of the puzzle will will uh will come soon. Yeah, uh, I, I I this look I need to change fast. I need that facial hair to grow back fast. We love it. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so thank you to Liberty Shirt Co. And thank you uh, to the fans for continuing to listen. We're going to continue to pump out these episodes and a lot of good content to come in the future. So stay tuned.